The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Fred shares all of his sleepers, all of his draft tips, all of his research, all of his projections, and his FOMO players. Plus, I'll talk about my uh, beat, uh, the NFBC main event as well in this upcoming podcast brought to you by... Uh, actually, it's not brought to you by WinBet. It's just brought to you by us. Coming up. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Fred Zinke. Uh, just fresh off of a Suns hockey game where they had a rousing win in overtime, right? They did. Actually, good for you. For I never told you that they won. I just, I don't think. I think I just told you the game went into overtime. Maybe I did yeah. say they won. I'm not no, sure. No, I was just presuming the best because you were in a good uh, mood. Oh, okay. I'd always be in a good mood for podcast time. But yes, they did win overtime, so it's been a good night. Now the rest of the family can go celebrate, and I can do a podcast in peace. There you go. I like it. Yeah. I like it a lot. So, uh, all right. Good, good, good. Nothing happened at all today. We don't have to talk now. There's, there's some few things that happen in the news and in spring sure. training. It's oh, it's right now. My head is spinning with all the information that's, that we're trying to parse right now. It's it's a good thing, uh, but man, I'm trying to stay on top of it. There, you see a great spring training outing from Jesus Lazardo or Mackenzie Gore, or you see Cody Bellinger strike out three more times, and I feel like I need to react just a little bit. It's a, it's a tough one. I, I complained, I think, last week or the week before that I feel like we don't get, we haven't been getting like good normal spring trainings as much. I guess last year was normal, but it was coming off the 60 game season. Like this is another one that's just really challenging because normally with this amount of game data, you know, we would be two weeks, maybe three weeks earlier in March, you know, and just kind of easing into all this. But now we're, right? We're less than two weeks from opening day. And this is the information we have to work with. So I, sometimes I'm trying to, I'm concerned that I'm jumping too hard at little bits of data from spring training games, but at the same time, it's all we have to go on. Yeah, it is. And the, the, our whole thing is accelerated because we're talking about second and third starts in spring training. Yep. Whereas by the time we're drafting now, you know, we are eight, nine days before the start of the season. Normally, we'd have like five outings from the starting pitchers under their belts. We'd have a lot more at bats, uh, but this is this is what we get with the compressed spring training. And you hope the players were working out in the off season before the lockout ended. But obviously, it's a, it's a different sort of workout, so you can't even you know 
compare the two, but uh, it, it makes it really difficult. Did the main event draft in Vegas last weekend? That's usually one of my last drafts. There might be like one more after, but I've got, you know, a draft tonight. I've got my home. I had a draft on Sunday, a home league. I had another, I have an auction Wednesday. I have uh, another main event on Saturday. I've got another draft on wow. Monday and Tuesday. We have <laughs> Yahoo friends and family next Tuesday. It, and I've, I've done a ton already, but I feel like, there's a lot of significant drafts still coming up with, and you know, we haven't even got to last cuts or even close to last cuts yet. No, I know it's all very condensed. It's a real balancing act for us to be aware of everything that's happened in spring training, but then recognize this even smaller samples than normal for spring training and try not to go overboard. But then there is information to be gleaned out of this. And some of it we're going to talk about tonight. Yeah. So let's start right off the top with the one. I think it's going to affect a lot of people is Jake McGee is the closer for the giants. Kind of. You know, the, the, the news on his, this was interesting. It came on a radio interview on Friday, and no one talked about it. No one noticed, unless you were in the Bay Area, apparently, uh, that it was it's just a case there where we didn't know that, you know, that it happened. But Gabe Kapler said that if they had to decide right now, Jake McGee is the closer. Oh, but Jeff, you knew because you know who grabbed Jake McGee in round 15 of his main event draft. I did. You did? Yes, Good I did, sir. That's value, um, rise, value rising already. So now you've got in that league two solid closers with him and Liam Hendricks. I don't know if you have two solid closers, but you got two guys who <laughs> on opening day would get a save chance. I, I don't know. I think McGee got a lot of saves for the Giants last year. Kapler's going back to the well. I'm not 100% sure that – I'm not even 90% sure that McGee can hold that role all season, but whatever. He's got it yeah. now, and and the Giants are a good team. Uh, you're not going to regret round 15. He's going to go up no. and up and up now. Yeah, I picked, I was, I actually set the min as it turns out. I looked this up today because there is a couple of threads on Twitter about that. And in the main event only, not in life, but only in the main event, um, I set the min on him at 213. But I, I'd, I'd been in on McGee over, at least over Duvall mm-hmm. all along. But, you know, if I was dead in on him, I would have got him in the 10th, obviously. Right. You know, I would have got him in, in the eighth. It's the old Tom Brady argument. If you knew he was going to be that good and you thought, and you knew that you had the drop on the rest of the league, how late would you wait to draft him? You wouldn't have waited to the sixth round. No, you would have taken like the third and you would have shocked the world with it there. Cause you just wanted to make sure you didn't lose out. You know, obviously the stakes are slightly lower, uh, but here's the quote. Too. Right now, if we were starting on opening day, Jake McGee would be our closer. He said this on Friday. I didn't hear about it until you know today. Like shortly, I think right about the same time that you sent me the DM about that. I saw it from someone else at the same time. That's not, you know, that news travels slowly. I mean, they there are people in San Francisco listening to the radio, right? How how did this not leak out until like the general fantasy baseball Twitter sphere until today? It's true. It's true. It's uh, it is especially with it being having been such a big weekend. Um, yeah, it didn't really leak out. I, I mean, I think we have to take that comment is that he is their closer. I mean, the way it was phrased, it leaves open the possibility of him sharing the role of him not getting all the save chances, things right. like that. But, but you know, I think we have to. Uh, I was trying to figure out, you know, I guess to cut to the chase on him, I was trying to figure out. Where, where would I put him now? Yeah, because that's more um, important than where I got him. It's wh- what would you right. do with this information now? Right, because now that that's out and I've seen, you, like you said, I've seen other people talking about it. Um, I would put him after the t- the Taylor, Rogers, Scott, Barlow group. 
Um, I put them after that group. I feel like that's still plus one. That's a that's above one fifty though, at this point. Yeah. So especially so, uh, yeah, in the so, NFBC. So I mean, one thing we know for closers is that closers take on sometimes take on a life of their own within a draft, right? right. So, um, you know, so that so that's kind of my feeling on him. Once those two are gone, um, I'm just looking at your draft board, like Matt Barnes. Eh, I'll take McGee, I guess. Um, I think that's where he goes. It's kind of around those guys. Um, I'm trying to look and see. I take well, him over Kittredge now. Though uh, Kittredge, I mean, it's not getting better for Kittredge. It's getting worse for uh, Pete Fairbanks. Uh, but yeah. So on a regular team, I would say that Pete Fairbanks' injury makes it more likely that Kittredge gets more saves. But if the Rays aren't a regular team, they'll just use someone else. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I think whatever they plan for Kittredge, they'll still plan for Kittredge. So, so tell yeah, me the argument against McGee. What's the, what's the argument against Jake McGee? It's not performance. He only walked 10 guys last year. Yep. I think he's fine. So the argument against him, I guess, would just be that like, well, I don't know. I don't think this is an argument against him. So I feel like Scott Barlow is probably the Royals closer. Um, like he was I take him over Barlow. I'm just going to tell you that okay. right now. Okay. Um, uh, I can see that. I can see that. Um, Barlow probably gets more strikeouts, but actually at this point, we're not really totally paying for strikeouts. We're thinking about who do we think is going to get more saves this season. I guess that one quote from Kapler, I'm not totally feeling like maybe he gets all the save chances. I like Barlow. I also like Rogers, although I'm not totally sold that Rogers is the twins closer. So I have liked Rogers this entire draft season since I started drafting in January and I have no shares of him, but I like him. I always think about taking him and then I always hesitate and think, Am I sure the twins are going to use him for saves? And then mm-hmm. I don't take him. We don't have a quote from uh, we don't have a quote from yes. Mike Matheny. By the way, we never have had a quote from Mike Matheny no. about who the closer is. Not as a Royals manager. We got screwed on this two years ago with Ian Kennedy. We got screwed on it last year with other guys. Barlow got the saves late in the season. Even then, it wasn't like there was this big he is our closer announcement. He just got the saves, right? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I, I don't know. So I'm going to keep him right now behind those two guys, although I can totally see a point for putting him in front of them. If you put him in front of them, um, okay, would you take him over Knebel? Now that's that. Now, now we got ourselves a stew, as I like to say, as I like to comment from, so I'm just looking I don't at like to say board. Knebel, Knebel like went in between the two of them. I think I like Knebel a lot. Um, okay. I question the health. I don't question the skills. I, he's closed before. There are other Philly alternatives leave me nonplussed. Uh, so I, I, I think I, I put McGee in the Trinan Canable area. I mean, Trinan, he's he's fine. He's a good pitcher, but they've outright said they're going to use him in a fireman role at times. I, you know, absolutely. I, okay, yeah. so. Taylor Rogers got the third and most amount of saves for the twins last year. I like Barlow's skills too, by the way. I'm I'm drafting Barlow. It's not like I'm anti-Barlow, but mm-hmm. McGee, he has closing experience with the same manager and an endorsement now. Yep. And there it's a good team. A whip a really good one team. two years in a row. I love I, I often look at closers whips because if you keep the bases clean, obviously that yeah. helps your chances a lot. Um and about, Duvall walks everybody. Or at least how about Gallegos? How about Gallegos versus Jake McGee? 
I will wait. I will let somebody take Gallegos in front of him mm-hmm. and then take McGee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I won't take McGee over where Gallegos goes. Cause, mm-hmm. But Gallegos is a great pitcher. And Absolutely. The, the options in St. Louis are also kind of meh. Yep. But we also have a statement from them saying that they don't want it. They, they're not committed to using Gallegos as the closer. But we also have seen, too, that Alex Reyes has had an injection for his shoulder. is nowhere near ready to pitch. Um, I, and I don't see that ready alternative. But the lack of identifiable alternative does not mean no alternatives. I think uh, we need to make sure that's clear. This happens all the time where we like, oh, who else do they have? It must be him. And then it's somebody else. Happens all the time. Absolutely. Te- when teams want an alternative, they will like seek one, try to find one, try to create one. So if they want Gallegos in a more flexible role, they'll try to make that happen. Um, I'm but still not Gallegos- convinced Jordan Hicks starts, by the way. I don't see that lasting. Me neither. I, I, could, I think Gallegos, even in a flexible role, could still get you 15 saves. And maybe in a flexible role with the 10th inning rule, he gets you six wins or seven wins or something mm-hmm. like that, which would make him still quite valuable. And he is a really good pitcher. I think we found the tier. So like, like I don't think either one of us are putting him ahead of Chapman, Jansen, Romano. No, any of those no. guys. So he's in a tier. I'm looking at your draft board. He's in a tier where, at in your particular draft, Gallegos, um, Melanson, Rogers, Trinan, Knable, and Bar- Barlow went a little later in yours. He actually fell a bit. Typically, he goes around those guys. Th- they all kind of go in yeah. a couple rounds of each other. I think McGee's now in that tier. Pick pick your guy. Right. Yeah. So if you want to lead the tier, pick your guy. If you don't want to lead the tier and you like, right. If you don't want to lead the run and you want to let the run kind of happen and just jump into it, then go ahead and, and McGee's in, in that group. It's great. We got one more guy. We've been struggling to find relievers like closers. We've, we've been pushing up these guys who don't belong just to find someone. We got one more guy now. Yeah, we do. We do. And he, he, we, he may not last forever. I don't, you know, don't, don't run around declaring victory. Um, I'm trying not to, uh, but I do have him in copious league. So he could, yeah, he could come out and blow his first save and they could go to someone else. Right. Right. This is, he doesn't have a good grip on it. I do like him more than I'm looking at your draft board. Still that next tier Bednar, who we're probably going to talk about a little later on tonight or at some let's talk about it right now. now. Yeah, I will finish Soto. I like him more than him. I don't think Soto is a very good pitcher. Um, yeah, I like him more than Kittredge. Those guys all went in your draft seawall. They all went in the next tier of relievers. So yeah, Bednar pirates shared closers role. Gross. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) The pirates are pretty gross. They sent down O'Neill Cruz today too. Yeah. uh, For reasons. Uh, I, I, because they're jerks. Uh, But you know, that that's here. We are uh, here where we are with them. So that's, that's unfortunate, but yeah, I'm not, I'm not confident on, uh, you know, Bednar getting a lot of saves, even though he's a very good pitcher. I think Stratton is also a pretty good reliever and did well with the job while Bednar was hurt last year. They may just want to just get bed. They may want to get Stratton to get 15 saves, see if they can flip him at the trade deadline. That could be the path for them. Um, yep, that's, that's totally possible. I, I think Bednar. So I, I haven't been interested in Bednar this whole draft season because like, first off, I wasn't sure if, he would 100% sure he would be the closer. And then second of all, I felt like if he was the closer, that he'd be gone. Like assuming he was successfully their closer for three, three and a half months, that he would be gone by four months for sure, by the trade deadline. Because that's what teams like the Pirates do. They don't need a closer after the deadline. So 
it makes sense to flip him. I look, I'm looking at their win total. So the pirates are going to win. Um, actually, I guess by this a little less than three games a week, um, they've got them at 68 wins. So a little less than three games a week, 26 mm-hmm. weeks or so in the season. So, uh, maybe more like two and a half, a little over two and a half games a week. How many saves saves are you going to get from the Pirates a week? One. Yeah, I mean, you One think about maybe. And then now they're splitting them. Yeah, or sharing now. them in some, way. in some way. They're sharing them. Yeah. Yes. And Stratton was in that ninth inning picture for them late last season. He was. He was when Bednar was hurt. Stratton was the guy. Yes. Uh, and and it, they were slow to just you know name Bednar the guy even after the Rich Rod trade. Yeah. So. Stratton's not really good, but I mean, last year he had seven wins, eight saves, 363 RA, plenty of strikeouts. Like his whip's high, it's 130. But like, I'm not saying Chris Stratton's good, but he's on a losing team like the Pirates. He's probably good enough to maybe hang around in that closers, like to keep his share of that closers role. So now I feel like I wouldn't want Bednar in my lineup, like in a yeah. weekly transaction league. Yeah, I won't want him on my roster. Really? Because, well, I mean, I'm sure I, I do, want, you know, friends and family, I would, I would roster him. Um, and I'd yep. be okay. Oh with that. yeah, absolutely. Uh, Daily moves league. Yes. Uh, and that's a league where we chase saves pretty heavily. So almost every yeah. single closer gets and every single setup guy gets rostered. It, it's kind of gross. Uh, but you know, it, it's, that's the way that's the way of life in this country. Um, uh, one more save situation that Peter Fairbanks may miss most of the season with his injury. Uh, that's one less saves option for the Rays, as you mo- wrote on our outline. Uh, is this push up Andrew Kittredge for you? Not, not really. I always kind of, I've always kind of like, he's another guy who I'm, I have zero to one shares of, but I like him. I like I him. I think, him. I think he's going to get plenty of wins. I think he's going to get some saves. I find in most of my drafts, someone drafts him at a rate where, now you're expecting 20 plus saves and I'm not quite there yet. So right. um, I'm just not totally convinced that the Rays just go with him because that's not something they always, they do do that sometimes. Like, like people say the Rays never settle on a closer. Like let's remember Fernando Rodney, like the, the Rays will have a closer sometimes, right? Yeah. They have, maybe I'm going back too far with Fernando Rodney, but the no, Rays you don't have to go. Okay. So how about even uh, you could go with the, you know, well, Castillo, but no, Cal- call Alex Colome was the that's guy. That's right. That's a way better one. Yes. Yeah. But yes. the fact it, is, it, I had to go back like three years, not like two or one. Yeah. The last couple of years, they've definitely like really mixed and matched. Um, Colome, though, yeah, 2016 and 2017, totally full time closer. 2018, he was their closer, and then they traded him at one point. So he had 11 saves for them in 21 innings. Then they traded him to Seattle. So um, yeah, like the Rays will sometimes go with a closer. Maybe they will this year. They haven't the past couple of years. I'm on the no train with that, but I guess it's not impossible, mm-hmm. but I haven't, I haven't like, like paid the price for Kittredge who I feel like lately is going really high. I'm looking at him in your main event and it's round 13 like, in the main. I thought that was reasonable uh, because his ratios are so good. You're, He's kind of got the if you have him active, you're getting some good K ratios and, and decent K's for a lever. You're getting some saves and some wins. It's Chad Green on steroids, probably. Although we shouldn't be it's careful Chad tossing Green around the words. It's, it's actually it's Chad Green with a few more saves. Yeah. So Chad Green will probably find his way into five saves this year. I think he had last year something like seven. Um, mm-hmm. He'll probably find his way into four or five saves this year. 
I haven't, I haven't pushed Kittredge up really high in saves. So if I have more like a dozen, maybe that's too low. If I had more like a dozen though, then I have them at seven now and I'm going to bump them up a little bit. Cause it's just one yeah. less peg. Cause Chad green, you can get basically at the end of your draft or pretty close. He went around 26 in yours. So yeah, you're paying a lot of rounds to get those extra seven or eight saves. Although I know what you're getting is the chance that Kittredge gets 25 saves. Right. I'm not. Right. I'm not paying. For, I don't. I don't think I'm paying for that chance. I don't think so. I've been I, mostly out. Of, I want him once, but yeah, go ahead. I know. So do I. I like him. I think I've been mostly out of that range of closers. Like I think the last group we talked about, where we put Jake McGee in with all all of those guys. I, I'm in on that group. I'm in on the group ahead of them, and maybe I'm in on the group that's cheap that comes way after them, like the bench type guys and the the round twenty three guys. I think that group that comes in rounds. You know, 13, I, I, it depends on the league size, but kind of rounds 13 through to like 20. I've been kind of out on any of those, those relievers. Yeah. Well, the thing is they better close because you're, you're missing out right. on something else. Pretty decent there. Yes, absolutely. Like when I see where he's going, like in that same, like Joey Votto went right after him as an example. Um, like that's a pretty, in a 15 team league, that's a pretty valuable hitter. So yeah. I think Brendan, I think I've got, I'm just kind of squinting. I think Brendan Rogers went right after Kittredge. Like you're missing out on some pretty good hitters. I see as Eduardo Escobar there after him, yeah. Blackman, like those are some pretty valuable hitters. So he, he needs to be pretty valuable at that point. If I look down to where guys like Diego Castillo and Chad Green and, and those relievers go, now we're into Biggio, Sheets. I see Hosmer, th- those guys who are like replacement level hitters. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're probably right about that. Um, and so, yeah, and that, that's the thing. And you're, you're going to have to take some guys in every one of those tiers for the most part. Um, but, uh, you know what? I, 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 I am kind of like, yeah, it's, I, I, I've been trying to avoid that. I was in a spot where I kind of had to get, you know, I was looking at this. I had to get a, a second. I didn't have a second closer when I got McGee. Um, and then I don't know what I would have done if I didn't grab McGee. I, I, Trying to guess. I mean, Lucas start, Sims starting the year on the IL. I don't want to take that. Your, yeah, start paying for closers on the waiver wire. I guess right yeah. away. I, don't I know. guess I just load up on starters. I'm still light on starters too. Wish I could work out a trade. Uh, but uh, you know, that's right. It's going to be uh, going to be interesting to see that first fab. We got a fab run on Sunday if you drafted early. Uh, so you know what? Uh, but yeah, we'll keep trying. Uh, keep trying to find uh, other closers. We'll have. I want to talk about a couple more closer job battles, but before yep. we do that, um, quick first note uh, we'll, we'll get from our sponsor, Fantrax. Are you looking for a new platform to play your fantasy baseball league? Fantrax's free MLB Fantasy League Manager is the most customizable, easy-to-use, and feature-rich platform in the industry. Fantrax offers the most in-depth player pool in the industry, including minor league players. Fantrax offers Dynasty, Keeper, Redraft, and Best Ball Leagues. Coming from another service... Fantrax makes the process easy. Fantrax can import any of your current leagues and customize if needed. Sign up for free today and be entered to win Fantrax's MLB game day experience, which includes tickets to any MLB regular season game for your entire league and $1,000 towards travel and accommodations. All you have to do is host your fantasy baseball league on Fantrax to be entered. The more leagues you create, the more chances you have to win. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash Rotowire and sign up today. Here with Fred Zinke, I'm Jeff Erickson. I want to talk a couple more uh, battles here, Fred. Uh, 
couple of closer job battles and then we'll move on. Uh, well, and we'll answer your dynasty league question a little bit later, Etienne. Thanks for the uh, the question there. We'll get, hit that in a second there. Uh, if anyone in the in, is watching wants to answer in the comments, please go ahead. Otherwise, Fred and I will tackle it later. Um, Chicago Cubs, Rowan Wick. Uh, I like David Robertson. There might be Michael Givens. Is there anybody else you like in that bullpen, or is it? Are you just staying away from that entirely? Nope, not staying away from it because I do feel like this is a team that might settle on someone. So I'm fine with taking a like round 28 on any of them. Um, I haven't taken. Wick any. will be gone by then. Let's stipulate that, to that. That's fine. I'm not really into him. I'm not feel. I'm not. I haven't. I haven't. He's not into him. you either. Yeah. Just kidding. Sorry. Round um, 20. He goes. Yeah. He's in just not that into you. Um, yeah. yeah. So. But I would be fine with, uh, like, a. I guess there. I guess there's a reason why I'm not into Wick. I would be fine with a late round shot at Givens or Robertson. That's the kind of pick where, um, two weeks from now, you'll either be ecstatic about that pick or you'll have dropped them. And you need guys yeah. to drop at the beginning. And you need guys to drop at the beginning of the season. Well, yeah, exactly. When I was talking about, uh, you know, I'm going to be make, looking for another starter. I might, I might be Oda Rizzi, uh, who is does happen to be available. Um, you do need a drop uh, you, yep. and chances are you're going to drop plenty of guys in this range. I dropped, uh, I, I'm going to be probably certainly dropping some, a, a couple of guys early, but you know, I got my second catcher in round 27. We'll be dropping him, but uh, it's, it's definitely one of those things you want to kind of try to line up and see uh, how you're going to do that. I like David Robertson, three years of 30 plus saves in his resume. He's mm-hmm. 19 months removed from TJS it was okay last year. But at the same time, he was, you know, you know, he, he, you know, it was just like six or seven games on his way back from TGS. Now he's fully healthy and rested. I think we'll see may take, he may not be ready game one. That might be a problem. Do you have the patience to hold on to him? But I think he's pretty good. I think he's the best pitcher of the three. Yep. I, I, I'm interested in him. I think, and I think he's definitely someone who would either looks great and could be their closer, or maybe you watch him and you're like, Oh, he's not all the way back. Forget it. Um, and as long as he's not in your lineup, then he didn't hurt you along the way. So if, <clears throat> excuse me, if you feel like you need to hold him for a few weeks to see, then I, then I'm not really a big fan because I feel like those April moves need to be aggressive and plentiful. Yeah. And I'm not, that's where I feel like maybe I like Givens the most to grab out of those guys, because with Givens, like if he doesn't get the first couple save chances, then I'm just, then he's gone. If he gets yeah. the first couple save chances, then let's see where we go from there. So like, I might, I might be ready to move on or go with, or run with Givens by the end of that first weekend. Like it may be depending on how the Cubs do in their first series. So um, that's the maybe. tricky part too, is like when yep. you get these guys without any games and then you got a fab, even before game start, you have to figure out a cut or you have four days worth of games at tops, maybe even three. They didn't play on Thursday, but uh, they didn't play a four game series or something. So, yeah, that's tough. Yeah. I, I think, other than I think that first, not the first Fab run, the first, the, the Sunday at the end of that first half week, I think that won't be a plentiful Fab run, other than maybe looking for streaming starters for the first full week of the season. Um, I don't think that'll be a plentiful, like, I don't think we'll see much in three games. Well, for leagues that drafted a week ago or two weeks ago, there could, there will be a lot of, things for that fab run this sunday coming up the next right. one with just three games i don't know how much we'll have to jump on it I, again maybe there'll be someone who gets a surprise save and everyone's all over them and that's the person first guy goes for 500 dollars. 
uh, this season, but I don't think there'll be a lot of players in that first fab run. There's just, I just don't think there'll be enough games to, to move off your, your, the team you drafted. Yeah. Uh, I think that's gonna. I think you're probably right about that. We will maybe have last roster cuts though, between yep. that, between those dates that yep. might, and, and injuries, up. And yeah, injuries and coming injuries. out of spring training, like a bunch of players are going to get dumped on the IL on the Wednesday and the Thursday, bef- like before the teams play their first games. And some of them we won't see coming. And that's going to be annoying. And some of those players, if they're not very good, you're going to have to just cut bait on them on that Sunday and just grab anyone who's healthy just to make sure you're, you don't get off to a slow start. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, I, I think that's right. All right. Another job battle. San Diego. You know, Roster Research joked with, around with us and listed six guys as a closer. Um, <laughs> it's funny, but it's true. Yep. Uh, are you buying into the the, the resurgence for Denelson Lamette and the possibility he might close. I think I, I do think it's possible. I haven't dipped into this bullpen at all. Um, even in my draft champions, I don't think I've drafted any of these guys. Um, so, so, so I don't have any real vibe for it. If I was going to draft one, I think I would take my shot at Lamette, especially in a fab league and s- similar kind of thinking. Maybe he could be really good and be their closer or, Maybe he's not near their closer picture, and I and I drop him right away. But I think I, I looked at Emilio Pagan at one point. I know your past horror stories on Emilio Pagan drafting. Um, I will just not get the Padres closer if he's the closer. I can live <laughs> with that. But that's one peril I don't want to face. Go ahead, you can beat like me with Emilio I've, I've Pagan. I've seen people draft Pierce Johnson. I feel like they're just drafting him because he's a he's a guy in their bullpen, and they're looking around and thinking. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'll grab someone. I'll grab Pierce Johnson. There's there's Robert Suarez. I think I That's, would grab Lamette or Suarez if I needed to draft a Padres reliever and they were all available. Suarez is the guy I've been kind of endorsing, but that's only because like Jason Collette and you know, Tim McLeod have been endorsing him. I, I don't really know. Right. Uh, uh, that, that's one I, I'm, I'm just I'm not very sure at all. So we'll just do our best. We'll figure it out. But yeah, I, I just don't know. Uh I, I like Lamette, the idea of like taking Lamette because even if he's not the closer, maybe he has another role where he's that valuable. Uh, I just, I want to buy skills in the end game too. I don't, I, I am chasing role without a doubt, but I'm also like kind of like, ooh, ooh, maybe he could be a starter. Maybe he could be a good closer. He could be an elite setup man. He could be Devin Williams too. That's possible, which really wouldn't help us that much, but. It's possible. Something, yeah. Lamette has the strikeout rate, right, to make him really enticing that Suarez doesn't have. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the thing with Lamette as a true closer, with all the health issues he has, has had, um, like closers have that erratic schedule, right? Like you might pitch yeah. you might pitch twice in three days or two days in a row or three times in, in five days, and then you might go four days without pitching. And I don't know if they'll feel comfortable putting him on. We've seen that right before with pitchers who have lengthy injury histories or are coming back from a lot of time spent with injury, where they're like, we don't want to make him the closer because we kind of want to just consistently use him like every third day or something in that range. So that could happen with Lamette. Yeah. And Suarez, he's, you know, black hole. I mean, he pitched in Japan, Mm -hmm. uh, but we don't really know. Uh, we, we, We just... We don't really know exactly what what he's what he's able to do, but uh, and we'll see. Uh, he, I think he's pitched twice so far in spring training. Uh, I'm pulling that up on MLB.com just to get really good uh, a good notion on that. But I think he's from like two innings. I don't, we don't know. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I was actually looking at the Padres bullpen and I saw Chris Paddock at the very bottom and I thought, man, what a fall for Grace from Grace for that guy. He yeah, got, I got to cut him in one of my keeper leagues. At the bottom of their bullpen. I mean, I'm not saying he's their last. He is. He, he's on roster resource. The bottom of their bullpen. Crazy. I mean, you know, we might talk Mackenzie. We are going to probably talk Mackenzie Gore tonight, who's not in their rotation, but is knocking on the door. They've <laughs> already got five starters in the rotation. Mm-hmm. And Paddock isn't one of them. Yeah, just yeah what a fall for grace for him i feel bad he he was like really something for a year there yeah i i I, in couple leagues he was like a cornerstone like one in one league i trade he was part of the package i got for mike trout Mm -hmm. now jokes on them because mike trout got hurt well it's not jokes on him because ryan roof still won anyhow but um so jokes on me after all but uh no i you know that was obviously a key part of that trade and Trading for young pitchers in a keeper league. Hmm. There might be some risks involved there. Isn't it? Uh, something, something to keep in mind. Suarez has pitched two innings in spring training heading into today. Two Ks, no walks, three hits, a run. Hmm. Not a whole lot to go on there. Uh, you know, and maybe you've seen action in a minor league game, but that's not listed on the stat page. You know, I, I don't know. You know, he pitched in the Mexican league in 2015. Otherwise, you've got Japanese stats. That That's... That's what you got with him yep. all right now as far as information, at least the statistical information. Yeah, but it's an unsettled bullpen. He's, he's worth – I'm trying to see where he went in your draft, but he's worth he's worth around 28. I don't. Think oh, he went earlier around, than that. I can tell you that. Yeah, he's not – to me, he's not worth around 21. Or Oh, yeah, oh, wow. I think if I'm reading this right, he went around 19. I'm not, I'm not feeling that. And I don't – for anyone 19. who's listening who was in your main event draft, like if you got something on Suarez that I don't know, great. That's awesome. Well, but and I, reveal it. Don't just keep it to yourself now. No, yeah. <laughs> no, no hoarding. Uh, Come on the pod. Post it in the chat. But you've already got them. So, yeah, I'm not th- – I think that's, again, that's that tier of closer that I'm not really in on because I still like – like, again, I, I look at round 19, Frank Schwindel, Luke Voigt, Jeff McNeil. These are useful, very – Travis Darno, very useful players in a 15-team league. So – I'm not ready to throw the Robert Suarez, roll the Robert Suarez dice in that round. I'll throw, I'll roll someone else. I'll roll Michael Givens nine rounds later or something. Sure. Sure. But it's always, you got to have a few of those dart throws. You can't just have one or two, but especially when you're waiting there. Yeah. You better Uh, be really sure if you get one. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you mentioned it. Well, let's bring it up now. Uh, Actually, let's do take care of some business. Then we'll talk about pitching, pitching prospects, having a big spring. We'll talk, we're going to talk some Mackenzie Gore. Jesus Lazardo, uh, Matt Brash, and Nick Lodolo. We're going to talk about all those guys. But first, a note from Thrive. Experience a new way to play daily fantasy sports on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive Fantasy is an exciting player prop fantasy contest. With Thrive Fantasy, you can eliminate the countless upon countless hours that Fred, only Fred Zinke does of research and focus on only the top-tier athletes that have the biggest impact on the game. Sign up for Thrive Fantasy today and receive a free six-month RotoWire subscription. Here's how you claim your free RotoWire subscription. One, visit rotowire.com slash thrive. Two, deposit a minimum of $10 and receive a 100% deposit bonus of up to $100. Three, play in your first paid contest and receive a free six month RotoWire subscription. <coughs> Excuse me. All right, we're back here. Uh, quick, yeah, thanks, thanks to Thrive for their sponsorship. Mackenzie Gore had another gem of an outing. Uh, we got Jesus Lazardo that's been having a really good time uh, so far in spring training, adding, adding velocity. Uh, he, he looks good through the curveball more in his last outing too. Has two great outings. 
Matt Brash closing in on a roster spot in Seattle. Nick Lodolo maybe in Hunter Green maybe doing the same in Cincinnati. Who do you got, Fred? First of all, out of, out of that group, um... only that group. You, in fact, you're required to draft one in your next draft. I am mandating it. Lazardo. Fred... Okay, I'll take Lazardo. He has a rotation spot waiting for him. Um, those guys in Cincinnati could push their way in, and then they would become exciting. Although it's a tough park to pitch in, it's a bit of a rebuilding team, especially the bullpen not looking great. I think the Marlins, like they've upgraded their lineup. Their bullpen's not amazing, but it's got some okay pieces in it. Mm-hmm. Um, just, I'm just thinking support around Lazardo. Maybe I shouldn't be thinking about any of that. Maybe I should just chase skills, but I'm going to go with Lazardo. I think Gore's exciting. I'm just, I see five pitchers ahead of him in San Diego. So un- mm-hmm. if, unless they announce they're going with a six man rotation and he's in it, then I think I'll just go. So, so here's the line from Bob Melvin. And there's a, a tweet from Dennis Lynn, a beat writer for the San Diego Union Tribune. Uh, first of all, Gore spring line, nine innings, four hits, two earned runs, a walk and 11 Ks. Better velocity. Chris Blessing, a prospect analyst for Baseball HQ, tweeted out in his previous outing. Boy, this looks like a different Mackenzie Gore than we've seen the last couple of years uh, in a good way. And, he, and then the quote. Every time he pitches like that, we certainly have to take a look and see what the potential is going to be, Bob Melvin said. Melvin prefers a five-man rotation but hasn't ruled out six starters to open the season. By the way, I think we're going to see a lot of that. I know, And I know you do too because you alluded to it in our outline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think we will too. But that doesn't – well, it could mean Gore, I guess, gets in the rotation and then someone gets hurt and then he just stays in the rotation. Um, there's lots of ways to manipulate service time with a pitcher. He could be up while they're in a six-man rotation, and then he gets sent down for a while um, when when they feel ready to go back to five. But but overall, yeah. I'm, I'm actually very encouraged by Gore. I think there will be a time this season where Gore is rostered in, in most leagues, don't you? Um, I think so, too. I think he was rostered in many mains. In fact, we've had all 13 main events. Mackenzie Gore has been drafted. Uh, there he is average pick is around 370. If he gets optioned, most of those people probably cut him. Do you think actually, I, that's a good question. Do you think they would cut him? Um, I, maybe not. I, I don't know. Um, by the way, Lazardo is going way ahead of him. Lazardo yeah. is around to pick 240. He had some good buzz for this weekend. Yeah. John Posma, who got inducted to the, uh, NFPC hall of fame, and I was in his draft. Uh, he drafted him and actually got, he was the one that got a discount on him somehow still too, because he's John Posma uh, and I'm not, but you know, he, he was aware of where, you know, kind of command of the draft. Uh, that price is only going to go up. I think he could go in the top 200 next time, next weekend. Yep. He absolutely could. Yeah. He's moving up. He's moving up fast right now. And I think that's why I preferred him. Um, yeah, we've seen some excite some exciting things from him before. I feel like it's time for Lazardo to be in their rotation and you know mm-hmm. get a, get a long run. Uh, I think that's what Miami's planning. So, like as long as he holds up his end of the bargain, he could be useful right away. Whereas Gore, I feel like maybe could be useful right away, or maybe there could be spurts of usefulness in the first half. Maybe it's not till the summer when maybe he could be useful like on a continual basis where you can put him in your lineup and leave him there for a while. But right. I think he's really exciting. Now we talked last week about um, prospects and about how they maybe have a little bit better chance 
to be on the opening day roster with the new rules than they did a year ago, but we're not totally sure yet how teams are going to do, but teams have been talking more aggressively at least um, about it. Um, And we talked about how you can probably only get one. They probably can't in an NFP. It depends what your league is. Well, go ahead. I'll finish. I was just going to say, I just don't know if you have bench space, you're going to have a couple injured players soon. So whether you have them now or not, you're going to have injured players soon. So, do you have room on your bench for a couple of injured players and Mackenzie Gore if he's in the minors and Spencer Torkelson if he opens the season in the minors? Probably not. No, I, you don't. So you got um, room for one. I have Tatis in my main. Uh, right. I'm not going to stash anybody, but I don't view Torkelson as a stash. I view him as someone that's going to make the team. Okay. I'm pretty. I feel pretty confident he, Riley Green, and Bobby Witt are all going to make the team, and I'm getting increasingly confident that J-Rod might make it. Uh, we'll see about that. Um, we know that O'Neill Cruz will not. He just got sent down today. We don't know. Rushman, we know, will not be ready for the start of the season. Gore, we're not sure about. Uh, but they're getting closer. They're, you know, It's tough to let those guys go. It really is because they could be big winners. The other thing, I, if they do get sent down, this is key, in the NFBC, watch very closely to see if the guy in your league or gal in your league drops, drops them. Because that's then, if you're in the stashing mode, pay attention to what they're doing early spring. Pay attention to what everybody else on that team is doing. Try to get the jump a week ahead and pick them up cheaper uh, because those guys that have been drafted and dropped are eligible even if they're still in the minors. Whereas if they were never drafted, you have to wait until they actually play in the major leagues before you can bid on them in FAB. That's right. And if they do get dropped, there might be that one lucky owner in the league who just hasn't had injury problems early mm-hmm. in the season and has room and has room to stash them. Right. So I, I feel like if they do get dropped, yeah, they, they will get scooped back up. So I believe under the new rules and I, I haven't gone deep, deep into these and memorize them, but teams are rewarded if these rookies uh, finish high in the rookie of the year voting. Is that correct? Yes. So is correct. there is a window where the tigers, for example, could keep Torkelson and green up at the beginning of the season. And if it looks like, after six weeks, they're on pace to make that happen, to be high in the Rookie of the Year voting. Because often, just playing all season will make you high in the Rookie of the Year voting. Yeah. Well, um, and if they're winning, hello, uh, yes. that's the other thing, too. Yeah. If they're helping them win. It would be hard win. to send a guy down if he was raking, even if you were losing. Right. But if but so, for example, you could keep a prospect up like Torkelson and Green, give them April. If either one of them is hitting 215, you send him down and you just be like, hey, he needs a little more time in the minors. But really what you're saying is, I don't think he's going to be in the top whatever he needs to be in the rookie of the year voting for us to reap that benefit. So let's put him down. And I believe you have natural cover. It's fine. It's it's okay. Um, However, you know, if you're the pirates, like, well, we don't want to have to pay another draft pick. Screw that. O'Neill Cruz, you're going down. Anyhow, they don't even value the draft pick because (laughs) they have to pay that. Uh, They're probably asking for a layaway plan to pay that uh, prospect. So it's, uh, you know, it's the bucks. Um, yeah. Uh, you asked me to rank Stash O'Neill Cruz. In I haven't yet. No, me neither. Cause I'm not totally confident. I don't want to hold O'Neill Cruz for two months. If that's what I have to do. Cause I don't think yeah. it's just two weeks. I, yeah. I yeah. don't trust the bucks as far as I can throw them and I can't throw anymore. I'm old. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I, I don't think that's, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't trust him. I don't think it's just two weeks, you know, and unfortunately that, that, Sucks that they're screwing with a guy like that. They're even talking about maybe having him play some outfield, which 
don't understand that at all. Uh, it, it's just, I don't want to get into that again. I get, I get, I get crass. Uh, and uh, when it's starting thinking about the pirates like that, so we'll move on from them. But I think wits, it would be a, just, it'd be stunning to me if Bobby Whip didn't break team, break camp with the team. I, then again, I thought he was going to be called up last year, but I think the circumstances are far different. He, the Royals have some, you know, some designs on winning this year too. I don't think they were thrilled that Minnesota decided to start trying again and Detroit yeah. started to try again, but you know, they're, they, if they think that their young pitching is close to taking that next step, they might be like, okay, well, what helps us win now? And he's probably going to be their starting third baseman. So I, I feel like he is easily the most likely to break camp with the team. I, I you, you listed the order, basically the order that I have them in uh, Wit Torkelson green, J-Rod, Cruz, and Rushman. Maybe you want to flip-flop Green and Torkelson, maybe not. Yeah. I think both of those guys are on pretty solid footing in Detroit. Yeah, I'll flip Green and Torkelson just because there's a lot of ways to get someone into your outfield. Um, yep, and they want him playing center. Like, yeah. Also, I just like Green because typically I like rookies. If I'm if I'm going there, I like rookies who have – and this is where I got burned with Klenic last year, so – Mm-hmm. Know, heat caution, but I like rookies with a uh, diverse skill set. So maybe green doesn't hit for power right away, but he steals bases or maybe he doesn't really steal bases right away because just not really feeling it yet. in the majors comfortable enough to do that, but maybe he hits for some power. I li- like, I like that diverse skill set and maybe you hope one of the skills takes off right away until the other one comes along with it. So um, I agree with you on Bobby Witt. I do feel like we've even in a condensed spring training, we've reached the point in the spring where teams start throwing cold water on players who they tend, who they plan on sending down. Like yeah. They start saying, you know, you, like you start hearing like a team like the Royals talk up some other Hunter Dozier or something to play third base and say, well, we got Dozier. Like we don't really need, we might not need Witt up here. He may need a little more time. We've got Dozier for third base if we need him. And you, you feel like, these messages from the manager are really coming from the front office, just, you know, throw some cold water on the prospect. And we haven't heard that with wit or with the tigers at all. No. And in fact, we've heard the opposite with the tigers. Yes. We had uh, uh, the manager saying, this could be my opening day lineup with Whitman green and Torkelson. were both in it. Yep. We had Miguel Cabrera saying that he wanted to, uh, you know, when they asked him how many games he's going to play at first base, he's like, well, that's where they want Torkelson. So I'll be happy to DH. And he was all behind that. That was even before they played a single spring training game. I think it would take take like a tanking now from one of those prospects, like 10 Ks, one walk, you know, basically Cody Bellinger. Uh, sorry, yeah. too soon. Uh, but I, I think that's what it would take for them to not make the team. Uh, we'll talk about some spring training stats and some other trends. But first, one last promotional note, Vivid Seats. Baseball is back. That's right. An entire glorious season, all 162 games. And with live events resuming, you can actually be there to catch all the action in person with vivid seats. Fred did this last year at the Jays, if I'm not mistaken. Am I right? Um, maybe a couple years ago. I don't. I don't. Know yeah, I, I think. Oh no, it. I did do it last year. You're right. Late in the season. Yeah, you're right. I did. Mine like a steel seats. trap here, bud. You're remembering my life like better that. than I am. Um, yeah. I did vivid seats, and I was at the game where the Jays kind of fell behind the Yankees and never caught them again in the last week of the season. Dude, it was such a great story until that. Still a fun night, except if they could have won. Yeah. Every backdoor slider, every round tripper, and every doubleheader can be experienced live. And with Vivid Seats rewards, you can start earning free tickets from your very first purchase. Just buy, collect stamps, and redeem. It's that easy. And from behind the dugout to to the upper level, Vivid Seats has you covered for all the games that matter to you. Pro tip. 
Buy tickets for your whole group, split the bill, and make progress towards your free ticket even faster. It's like a Starbucks reward. Just vivid, visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Life happens live. Also, quick note from our friends on the Blue Wire Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Thanks for indulging us on the Blue Wire Network ads. I'm Jeff. He's Fred. Let's talk more spring training stuff. Cody Bellinger. He, he just struck out again while we were talking. I guarantee it. Um, are you reacting to spring training, things like that? We talked about some of the positives. What about a big negative like Cody Bellinger? So with Cody Bellinger, I, well, I was never really in on Cody Bellinger for this year. So like what, like maybe it's confirmation bias for me, but with him, I would, because he's one of those players. If you're writing an article at the start of spring of players to really watch closely in spring training, he would have been at the top of the list. So, mm-hmm. and everything's gone wrong. Like I think I read the other day that Tommy Edmond was off to a slow start this weekend. In all honesty, I don't really care. I kind of know what Tommy Edmond is. He's an okay. You're such a monster. You just don't care. Fred. I don't, I don't care. Well, I guess that's, uh, yeah, I don't care how he's feeling. I guess that would make me a monster. <laughs> yeah. um, just but very no, cold hearted. I get it's it. It's true. Cold, cold Tommy, weather, I don't cold care about soul. your troubles. Hit your way out of the slump. Um, no, I, I know what Tommy Edmond is. He's he's an okay major league hitter who has plus speed. I, I don't I don't see that changing because he was one for twelve or whatever he was to start spring training. But Bellinger, that's to me, that's a significant deal, especially because mm-hmm. the Dodgers. I guess the Dodgers have so much talent in their lineup they could just stick him at eighth or something like that or ninth and just let him try to hit his way out of this because they'll score runs anyways. But I don't feel good about drafting Cody Bellinger at all now. I, I'll draft him at some point, but not where he's going. Not even close to where he's going. Yeah. 
I'm not going to drop him. Not like Matt here. I'm not that extreme. Uh, okay. I'm ready to drop Bellinger. Can't waste another roster spot all year again. I get it. He hit 165 last year. I mean, he, he actively killed you, but I'm not there yet. Uh, but, you know, I, I made this point a little bit here on the uh, in a video I did with Alan this morning that will go up later this week on YouTube. But the players aren't chess pieces. They have, they're not static values. They change all the time. I, I had a belief of faith that Bellinger got it all worked out. That's being challenged right now. And I can't blind, you know, close my eyes to the evidence in front of me. I have enough exposure to Bellinger. I won't be, I got him in the main event. Now I won't be drafting him on Saturday, my next main event. I can tell you that if you want to use that against me somehow, uh, don't, I'm not <laughs> sure you can, but if you do, if you do, good luck. Uh, you can, um, I, I do have a, plenty of exposure to him and I, I don't want any more. Uh, I have them in three leagues on the NFBC platform. I think I also have them in labor or get with you. So we may have like the grounds for another trade right away. You can use that against me there. <laughs> uh, so in your main after about right after you took Bellinger, the next outfielders, Yelich, Martinez, Stanton, Brian Reynolds. Do you wish that you had not taken Bellinger and instead taken one of those guys. Uh, and I'm going to, people want to squint a little bit. You can see the draft board here. I'm team three. Uh, I needed speed. So I, I know on Martinez and although maybe actually, and just, just to address the hitting and catch speed up on later. speed later. Yeah. Um, I do regret not going on miles straw. That was a mistake okay. uh, in round eight knowing that i needed speed i thought i knew team two which was bat flip crazy toby 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 guevin he he wasn't going to take uh another stolen base guy there yeah. i kind of did with brian hayes anyhow it's pretty sneaky of him but jody ryan i knew that he'd only had one speed guy it did happen to be turner so it wasn't like he I, you know he absolutely needed it, but i was like oh god he might take him sure enough he did uh yeah um some regrets some regrets. Uh, every draft. Every draft I ever do, I always wish I had done a couple things different. I missed That's some That's what spots. keeps you coming back for more. Yeah. I missed uh, VR later on who really would have, you know, tied the room together nicely like that rug in the Big Lebowski. Um, but, no. Um, that, that, you know, so I, I think tell Marte, who was later in that in that draft, in that round, that I, in the seventh round where I took Bellinger, mm-hmm. that would have been a better, that would have been a decent fit. Yep. And it's still in the same round in terms of fit, or I could have taken Stanton or Martinez and just dealt with speed later and just really dealt with it. Mm-hmm. Reynolds too. Reynolds, like he's about a round behind, but yeah, that, that would have been okay also. So I had options. I wanted Dansby Swanson on the comeback. That didn't make it to me. Zach Nelson got me there. Uh, yeah. And stuff happens, but uh, yeah, I, if I, I had a regret coming out of this draft is I thought I was a little light on speed. I still think I'm a little light on speed. If Tatis runs when he comes back, which I do think he will do, that would that would come in pretty handy. Uh, I'll say that much. Especially if he were to come back even just on the early end of his timetable. Yeah. That would help, yeah. help a lot. So, yeah. Well, we'll see how Bellinger, yeah, we'll see how he turns out. Like I said, I'm, I'm backing way off of him right now, though. Yeah, I am too. Uh, you said you were really buying the spring training stats. Clayton Kershaw just threw three through four scoreless innings. They want to diminish the work of Clayton Kershaw spring training start is doing, but are you buying into Clayton Kershaw? Nope. Um, well, I can't get him. I find I don't really get him that high in my projections because I can't get myself to put in enough innings. 
Okay. For him. Like I'm not confident that that he's gonna. I'm not confident that he's gonna throw 150 innings or 100, even 145. It's possible he threw 121 last season, though. Um, he had been kind of trending in the wrong direction for innings, right? For a few years, he'd had that drop off, and there was no real resurgence. I'm just not confident enough that he's going to throw enough innings and like that he's going to make close to 30 starts. So I'm kind of still out. And it doesn't really matter to me that he's pitching now and pitching fine. Now, if my stance on Kershaw is that he's going to miss some time and I only want to put him at 130 innings or something, I just can't get him that high in my projections. Um, nothing he does really this spring is going to change that, right? Am I missing yeah. something there? Do you think I should Do you think I should move him up? I just my, – my stance on Kershaw was never that he couldn't pitch in spring training. My stance is that he can't pitch for six months of the season without right. getting some IL stints. So the question is, how many innings is it worth it to you where he goes? I think that's the, the real question, right? That's right. That's right. So looking at kind of where he's, where he's been going, so – Main events, not your main event, but all main events. He's pick 121. Um, I would, I feel like, so he's right with Luis Garcia. Chris I take Bassett, Garcia over him. Bassett's just before him. Uh, Garcia and Bassett in the main are just before him. Eduardo Rodriguez just before him. Sonny Gray's just after him. Logan mm-hmm. Gilbert's just after him. Pablo Lopez is just after him. Um, I kind of, I think I would rather take all of those guys than Kershaw. And the thing is, if Kershaw does something else in, in his next spring start, he's just going to go up. He might go up this weekend. I think he will. Right. Uh, he did go pretty late in mine. Again, Posma, smart man, drafting right next to him on Saturday. Um, not so smart of me to be in the same draft as he, although I think I signed up first. He, he, saw, he sought me out. Now, actually, what I think happened is they combined, they made uh, the Chicago one didn't fill, so they're just doing it online. Uh, so I'm a, and I used to live in Chicago, so I think that counts. Um, so there you go. Now I'm an honorary Chicagoan again. Uh, I would take, I would not take Pablo Lopez over Kershaw. I have the same health concerns about Pablo Lopez, whose Lo, Pablo Lopez's velocity was slightly down today, and his command was also slightly down today. Uh, I have sa- similar concerns about him, so I wouldn't take him. That's I wouldn't fair, take. I think that's a really good comparison because Lopez in the past couple of years has been good on a per start basis, but just right. Kershaw, same deal. Kershaw is old. Pablo Lopez is young. Maybe that makes us like Lopez better. But I think we should all. Be so I think old, that's a great. great yeah. yeah, I think that's a great comparison. But I do think after this that Kershaw is going to move up, and now all the other guys we just named who went slightly before him last weekend will now. I think he jumps a bunch of them. Yeah. Kershaw not, went, not for me, but for other people, he will. There's a big gap between uh, p- starting pitchers with Kershaw. It started Ian Anderson at 10.2, then Kershaw at 10.11. Next starting pitcher was Patrick Sandoval at 11.5. So you can see he's, he's kind of in his own little island there, at least in our draft. In your draft, uh, he was, yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe not all of the drafts, but uh, so it goes. Uh, we got a lot of feedback today. I asked people for FOMOs, um, and also we, we had – uh, so Jersey Shore score. He is actually replying to my FOMO question, but applies to a rookie question too. He goes, "I think rookies make a big impact this year." This is him saying this. Witt, Torkelson, Green, J. Rod, Rushman, and Seiya Suzuki said cheating a bit on that. He has a mix of them on all fa- on uh, of all of them on his five teams, and he's also in on uh, Will Smith. FOMO for me is fear of missing out. It's guys I don't have yet that I really want to get. Uh, but we got a couple other responses. JLD says Alejandro Kirk. You are a, a Torontoan. 
your thoughts on Alejandro Kirk and the Blue Jays catcher situation? Yeah, I have mo- I have moved him up since the Randall Grichuk trade because that opens the yes. biggest thing. That, the best thing that happened to Kirk was the expanded rosters in April because now the Jays will keep Reese McGuire up, and yep. he can be the you know if necessary backup catcher. He might start zero games a week, but he's available if if they need him. So now Kirk can DH. Um, and then they still have Maguire if necessary. Maybe Maguire starts a game a week, but I could see Kirk getting now, getting his bat in the lineup four, maybe five days a week between maybe catching a game or two. I think they'll still want Kirk catching um, mm-hmm. because eventually the rosters will contract and they, this may not happen. They'll just, they want Kirk catching. I don't think they want him to lose that. But he catches a couple games a week, DHs two or three ga- days a week. I like it. That's a lot of playing time for some for a fantasy catcher. So I've moved him up. He's one of the few catchers you can get in the middle rounds who won't hurt your batting average, might help your batting average. I like him. Yeah, I do too. I like him a lot. And I like the the whole DH thing for him. I think that yep. works out really well. Uh, yeah, getting rid of Grichik, adding Tapia, who's a lefty hitter. I mean, uh, that that's that's nice. Ben Tid says, still hasn't been able to draft Will Smith, the catcher. Not the slapper, but the catcher. Uh, and Byron Buxton has not been able to draft him. I drafted Smith immediately before Buxton on Saturday. And people are like, how could you let Toby get Buxton? I was like, I wasn't. Honestly, I was so focused on Smith that I didn't even think about Buxton. <laughs> You're like, but... why is this all my job to stop yeah. getting Buxton? Yeah, I mean, that's that's true. I feel like <laughs> I'm a McNulty on the wire. What the F did I do? Yeah. Uh, but, you know, uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I I wouldn't mind getting Buxton somewhere. Uh, I've got a few more chances. on. Maybe tonight. Who knows? Tonight could be the good night. We'll see. Uh, Thoughts on Will, Buxton? With you Will Smith, I was going to say, with Will Smith, you don't have that FOMO because you have been aggressive no, in I, making I, sure that happens. I have, yeah. I, I, I make a, I'm the one who knocks. I'm the one that makes everybody yeah. else have the FOMO on That's Will right. Smith. That's right. Uh, who do, who's your FOMO? You got a FOMO guy yet? You so ready to reveal f- it? Yeah, I've got a few. Um, well, okay, so I'll give you my real FOMO guy is, is Guerrero. Okay. Um, obviously, I love Guerrero. I'm a Blue Jays fan. Um, I also think he's like I think he's a great player and he's going to do great this season. We've talked about how, especially in the overall contest, I don't love the build starting mm-hmm. with Guerrero because it leaves you with no speed and no pitching coming out of the first round. Um, I think it's workable. Um, he's going a little, he went a little higher. His main event ADP, I thought it would be lower because I thought more people would want to avoid him for that reason. It's seven. I thought it might have even been a little lower than that because of pitching jumping up and and steals. But I but I, in my projections, in my SGPs, Guerrero comes out as a top five player. Like that's he's so good. The batting average anchor that he can be, the runs and RBIs and home runs in that lineup. I just find that I keep grabbing guys who can steal bases. I take Bichette over him or Ramirez. I even. I, I'm kind of debating yeah. him and Soto. Uh, Soto will get you at least a bit of steals, but I really like Vlad. Or I take one of the pitchers. So I, Vlad's my FOMO guy where I'm going to watch Vlad, Vlad play. So you want to be drafting like sixth or seventh on Tuesday when we're drafting against each other and friends and family. Maybe I would take him in friends and family and maybe try to make that work. It's just a different setup. Like, yeah. I feel like when I get when I draft sixth or seventh, I just end up taking one of those hitters if they fall or one of the pitchers. And not because then I got the pitching, and now next round I can try to find some speed. Um, so I don't have Vlad. Now there's some other FOMO guys I have, but it's more related to the fact that so far this year I haven't picked late in any of my drafts. Like the latest yeah. I picked is seventh. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I just, I just, it just hasn't happened, which is good because I don't really want to pick late. 
but I haven't got that like 11, 14, something like that. So the players in the early rounds who tend to go on those turns are just been like completely. Yeah. You just can't get them. Yeah. Right. So for for example, Giolito, I like, I'd like to have some Giolito. I'd like to have some Sandy Alcantara. I like both guys for this year. I don't like them enough to pick them early in round three. Um, Or there's just always been someone I like better. And then they don't, they never come back to me in round four. So two responses from the listeners. Quentin Rickett says Matt Chapman and CJ Crone have evaded me so far. Mm-hmm. And that's in OBP leagues. So that's especially with Chapman. I, that, that's pretty noteworthy. Matt Gibson says my FOMO has been J rod. Gotta have him. I get that. Okay. I mean, yep. it, he's it, he, when he, you get excited about a rookie and you don't have any shares, that's stressful. Oh, it's da- it's dangerous it too. It let is. me tell you. Um, but uh, it's also team fun. I get it until you get Kelnick season last year. And then it's not so fun. Yeah. Trust me on that. Uh, that. That's the thing about rookies is yeah. It's one thing to make the team. It's another thing to be guaranteed performance. You know, they can hit it, hit at the major league level or pitch at the major league level. How many pitchers did we see yesterday, uh, last year that got the call and just got torched. Yeah. Uh, so I, I understand that. Don't get a whole lot of rookie pitcher FOMO. That's for sure. Uh, we have a bunch of questions. Let's ble- let's rip through these real quick, Fred, before yeah. we sign off. Uh Etienne says, Dynasty Keeper League, Shane Boz or Anthony Volpe? Uh, obviously, you know, this is, do you want, you know, lasagna or, I don't even, or, or, or shrimp? I don't know. They're two different things. Uh, Position-wise, uh, I always, all things being equal, give me the elite shortstop. Uh, Boz is going to obviously do more this year. Uh, Volpe could be your shortstop for the next 10 years, though. Yeah, I, I feel Volpe. Um, I, I thought a little bit about it depends maybe what your window is. Like if you're in a win in the next two or three years window, then I guess mm-hmm. maybe Boz. Although if I was in the next two or three years window, maybe I keep Volpe and then I move him for someone way better than Boz from a yeah. team that, that from a team whose window is maybe more than th- two or three years from now. Yeah, yeah, I can hear that. Yeah. Chris says, I play in both an AL and NL only points league where saves get you 10 points. Closers go for a crazy amount of money. Who are the guys I could get who could maybe get me five to 10 saves and a lot of Ks? You yeah, know, we kind of covered but, a bunch of them earlier. Yeah, I was just going to say, just so happens you're in luck catching the names <laughs> we were talking about earlier, but there's a lot of them this year. The Seattle guys, yes. almost all of them are like Seawald is like perfect for you there. Uh, Stecken Rider, too. You know, maybe even uh, you get, you know, get any one of the big four in Seattle, get the Tampa guys, get the San Diego guys. There, there are, you know, guys like that. I, in that format, where if you were going to get, or if, if you want to get like five to 10 saves, you may go Gallegos there. But if you, if you tolerate the lack of saves, maybe you happen to get a bunch of saves. So, you know, that's another, you know, avenue there. I'd say Jonathan Loisega is a guy I really like. Clay Link loves him. I've, you know, just look at the Statcast page. It's just flaming red. And, uh, you know, that, that, that's a guy that you can get probably for a little bit cheaper. And I'm even down on a roll Chapman to boot. So not a, a boot, but two boots. Uh, sorry. I had to make a little Canadian. Joke I, I think it's a good point. I think with Chris's question, and I've been through this with NL tout and you've been through this with AL tout having someone like Diego Castillo and AL tout is great. Cause just put him in your lineup. And if he gets eight saves this year, you're actually, you'll actually get all eight. Mm-hmm. In Chris's league, he's good because it's an AL. Like he has an NL and an AL. Um, yeah. Like I'm assuming that's, right. that's like he's in an NL and an AL. Yep. Doug Dennis put together a roster full, chunk chalk full of those guys. So, right. Uh, so you're going to get those stats in a mixed 
okay, you draft Castillo every Sunday, every Monday. Should I put him in? Is this the week I use him? I used I, I used him last week. He didn't get any saves. Should I use him this week? Oh, I'm not going to use him this week. Oh, he gets a save. Oh, yes, I didn't get you get save. whipsawed. It's the worst. It's, it's tricky. But in an AL or an NL only, go ahead. Just draft Castillo and Paul Seawald and just put them both in your lineup. You'll probably get 20 saves or 16 saves, something like that. And you'll get great ratios and strikeouts. So I think those guys work in those leagues. Brunch says, let's say you have two solid closers in a committee type third and fourth on the bench. In an NFBC setup, are you benching that 3-4 re- uh, reliever type early for a 5-6 type to get more innings logs, Ks versus saves? This is all matchup dependent in my in my mind. There's some weeks, yes, I will go with the third or fourth reliever if I've got my if I have a weaker fifth or sixth starter in a bad matchup or he's not stretched out, uh, may not get may not go the 5 anyhow. I'm more inclined to use the extra reliever. How about you? I would use the extra reliever almost every time because I don't want to have to pay for saves on the waiver wire. So if I could get out ahead in saves by, because he says he has two solid closers and a committee type third or fourth guy on the bench. If that guy's actually in a committee, if he can use a third guy who's actually in the committee, I would use him because he has two solid closers right now. But like that may not last the whole season. So if I can get out ahead in saves, then maybe one of your solid closers gets hurt at some point and you don't have to spend the $300, $500 on the waiver wire to, to get his, his, you know, his backup or, or to try to get someone else because you're like, okay, I've already, I've already done well in saves. I can, I can just hold on through this injury. So I would try to get out in front and saves. And if I need to catch up in K's a little bit later, then I, I would work on that instead. I, I get the saves while I can. I agree. I agree. Um, Do one more question. Do either of you have an opinion on a Marmol strategy in head-to-head leagues? I'm in the middle of my first attempt at it. I don't play head-to-head leagues. I'm a bad, I'm a bad person to ask this question. I shouldn't have thrown this up here. I should read the question first. (laughs) Uh, I'm, I'm a anchor man here. Um, Honestly, I don't have an answer. I just don't know what the Marmol strategy is. Do you know what the Marmol strategy is? Uh, I, was I don't play a lot of head to head either. Yeah. So, but that doesn't mean I won't have an opinion on it. I I'm wondering if it's named after Carlos Marmol or I'd the assuming. former kit. Oh, uh, I do know what the Marmol um, strategy is. Um, it's for leagues that don't have the I, I think that don't have the innings minimum. Right. So it's just load. It's, it's kind of like uh, what Doug Dennis did in Ale Tout, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's exactly that. Yeah. Yes. Cause it's one of the, yeah, it, it feels you're a little punning bit wins and like, K's yes. you're dominating the other eight. And it's a category totally categorical in, thing, right? Yes. So not it totally works in an, it totally works in a head to head league. You just let the guy have often wins and K's and you go for the other three pitching categories. You know, um, if your league allows it, why not? Yeah, um, it's a problem with your league rules. They've got to sort that out. I agree. And I've heard this discussed on other podcasts before. And I've always thought if 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 your league allows it and you want and you think you can do it, then go for it. I, I don't see a problem with it at all. And I think it can work because you can also do it on the cheap, right? Yeah. Where you get some middle with some Chad Greens, some Diego Castillos, you win saves, you win ratios, you lose the other two you get three out of five pitching categories, but you didn't have to pay big to get them. So hopefully you paid big for hitters and now you're winning three out of five of those or four right. out of five of those. Right. Yeah. You're, you're definitely, and then you just try to focus on ratios. 
if you do that. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a fine strategy. I think leagues should strive to cut that off, but that's it's not my league. They well, if it's a cheat code, sure. You know what? Yeah. In a cat in a in a head to in a head to head league, I can see cutting it off. If you want to do that in my categorical league, go for it. Try to beat me without wins and strikeouts. Good luck. Because yeah. honestly, I've seen it tried and tout before, and it just yeah yeah you get third place maybe. Okay, that's what it is. I f- I feel like it's striving to finish third. Um, yeah, I I think in a roto league, I don't think it's I don't think a double punt in a roto league can really work. I think I think you can punt. I have punted in Tout Wars before. Yeah, um, you can punt one category, but I don't two think is you tough. Can, uh, yeah, two is too tough. But in a head to head, you can do that. I see how you can do that. Uh, I don't like it. I don't I don't love it, but. It, again, it's just kind of like Sweeney for a Sweeney plan for hitters, you know, where you punt power and you just get the average runs and stolen bases and all the pitching. I mean, yeah. And then you see uh, Kevin Apier get hurt for the first time in his career right in front of you the next day in spring training. Oh, wait, that's my experience running there a Sweeney go. plan. Sorry about that. <laughs> uh, it's all about me once again. Um, that's going to close it up, guys. Great questions, great feedback. Really appreciate it there. Uh, coming up tomorrow, we've got the Prospect Pod Thursday morning. We're going to do main event cast. I'm going to have Toby Gabe and Batflip, uh, Batflip Crazy. Going to have uh, Matty Davis from Fade the Noise and Brock Brock Nelson from Fade the Noise and Rudy Gamble from Rasball. All of us were in the same league together. So going to be uh, a lot of talking heads. Uh, next week, Fred and I are going to live live stream the Yahoo Friends and Family Draft because we just we had a good experience with that last time. So I think hopefully you like that again. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. Good luck in your drafts this weekend. We'll be back at you again next week. Take care. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.